0: Hello and welcome back to the ACSC podcast. Uh, as usual, thank you all for the support on the last episode. Uh, it's great to see Tom back on again. Uh, I think he's been highly requested to come back on again already, so I guess it won't be too long till he's back on. Uh, he's a big fan of the podcast as well, which is good. Uh, but it's not a lot of talking for me again this week, like a few weeks ago. I'm going to pass it over to the co-host, Warren, and I'll let him introduce the guest this week.
1: Good evening, guys. How are we? Uh, right, for tonight, we've got... Uh made. I've known for many, many years, been on the football scene for many, many years. And um, we've got Ben, Ben Reardon. Welcome. Thank you very much. Cheers, Warren. Cheers, guys. Nice to be on. <laughs> right. Um, as we normally do, we'll start off with your ultimate six aside. Ultimate six aside. Including myself or not? Yeah, including <laughs> myself. Okay.
2: Okay. Um, I'm going to go van der Sar in goal. It's um, different class of his feet. I, mean, I remember watching some of Rio Ferdinand. need to set in training, he could to play out on pitch. He was just amazing. Um, so we'll stick him in goal. I'm going to go two at the back. I'm going to go Maldini. Speaks for himself. And I'm going to go Sergio Ramos. Um, two in midfield. I'm going to go Raquel May. Yet again, just, you ain't getting the ball off him. Unbelievable. Um, I'm going to put myself next to him. And up top, we'll go for Brazilian Ronaldo.
1: Nice. <laughs> not Cristiano, no, then. We'll go with Cristiano. we go
0: Brazilian. <laughs> Two, I think Ramos and Ronaldo have made a few appearances mm-hmm. in a few other teams. So it's the current theme of players popping up. And that's all of think.
1: You see, obviously, with those two, we've well. You look at Ramos, how many game? Oh, how long he's been in the game for uh, at that high level?
0: It's yeah. going to be, it a- for most people, I think, like I said with Ronaldo, I think everyone sort of says it. If he could have stayed fit and away from the injuries, he would have been the best player of his generation by a mile. The things that he could do on the ball, like his finishing, was different class. But I think his injuries just got to a bit too much. I think the thing is as well is, back then, you didn't get the respect you
2: do from refs as well. Yeah. You know, and just to just to keep carrying on and take
1: the nick out of you, he was just unbelievable, wasn't it?
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. Right. Well, it leads us to tonight, obviously, our subject of Ben going through his football career. And, obviously, with injuries, what we'll go through uh, players, well, players' careers and see how obviously how they cope throughout it to keep carrying on. So I take it, Ben, it was your first club would have been, well, obviously a better standard would have been Northly First Team, would have been? It was, yeah. Is that from, did you go to under-18s first, or was it they classed it as their reserve team?
2: Yeah, so I played kids football for them, um, for a little bit. And then we went to adults. Um, I had half a season, I think, I can't remember what they called it. I think it was the A-team back then. Coco um, <laughs> was playing a few names that you remember. Tommy Radden and everyone. Um, I can't remember if I did a full season or half a season with them. Um, and then I went to the reserves. Literally played four games and then straight to the first
1: team. And just went from there, really. But well, um, you were there for quite a, a few years, you, uh, weren't you? Until you moved on.
2: Yeah. When did I? So I reckon I was in the first team when I was seventeen, till I was
1: twenty-three. God, that seems ages ago now. <laughs> a lifetime away, life. crazy. <laughs> and at time did you uh well, you must have had some injuries from that?
2: Oh too many that, my career was just riddled <laughs>
1: <laughs> um obviously with the the first team well, obviously so you get a bit a uh, bit of a medical well a better medical team for you. but when you're well going through those stages of going up to that standard. Everyone must have been kick, uh, kicking lumps out of you. <laughs> thing is, you,
2: you're unknown, aren't you? When you first break on the scene, and you're fearless. So you can just go for it. It's only when you've had a couple of years and you're playing against the same teams and they, they suddenly realise who you are. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was, I was quite tricky. I was quite quick. So, yeah, I was one of those players that would entice a tackle. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I did did get injured a lot through tackles, but I think my injuries wasn't because of bad tackles. It was just because I think I've been very unlucky. Mm. Um, Your body's shutting down. (laughs) I think maybe maybe if you can apply yourself better, maybe you don't get so many injuries. Um, Maybe that was my downfall. Um, But, yeah, I I think I was just very unlucky, really.
1: Do you think as well it's one of those things at that standard, obviously, there's only so much they could do on that, uh, the medical side of it, is uh, taking care of yourself uh, beyond football, uh, well, after you've left that pitch, what you do in the week to help yourself rest and recover?
2: Oh, 100%. I mean, you know, I'm playing semi-pro. You've got a job. You've got to carry on working. You know, you've got, you've got to pay the bills. You've got income. So... It's a bit different to being a professional footballer. They can go in for a couple of hours, see the physio, and then rest for the rest of the day. You know, (laughs) I remember, I remember after my first operation, they literally just sent me home. I didn't know what to do. I had no physio, I had to wait a month. Um, luckily there was a physio at the club I could go and see, but it's not 24-7. you know, pro footballers, they come out of the operating theater, they got a cryocuff straight away on their knee and they're cooling it down, getting the swelling out. You
1: know, you don't have anything like that. Um, it's completely different. It's one of those things as well. What we, obviously, we did mental health the other week. Um, You've been on the sideline quite a bit. You must have to think quite positively and, and keep encourage yourself to keep going as such to get back on that pitch. So like, you look at this season with Premiership footballers, obviously, it's a bit different. But they're still going to be going through that kind of stages. Oh, am I going to be playing again?
0: Or they just need to motivate themselves to, to get fit again as such. I think a good thing, what you're saying there is, it's been highlighted, I've probably said, the last few seasons, is a lot of players now put things on YouTube, like series. So I know Hector Bellerin's done one recently, where he's literally documented from the moment of the injury and his whole recovery. Um, and I think Quarantine Tolisso of Bayern Munich done one last year. I think that's is that you can sort of get the real aspect of the mental health side of things as well and sort of seeing that recovery. And I think it's a big highlight of the difference of that level of support where they're literally getting it, like Ben mentioned, from the minute of that injury, there's 50 years on hand and everything. Whereas playing at semi-pro level, you don't get any of that. It's, it's worlds away from that and trying to get that mental aspect right is hard.
2: Yeah, definitely. And I think no matter what level you're at, you're away from the group of lads aren't you as well because you're just literally with the physio so remember when i was at siren we would every, every training session would have a meal together afterwards so i was working with a physio uh, everyone's been training and then we come in have a meal before we went home but everyone's having a bit of banter talking about the training and i'm like what's going on you can't get involved you feel you part of the group it's horrible um that's The hardest part about being in the football team
1: is being injured and trying to get back 100%. Got anything
0: to add on that, Charlie? Um, I, I agree with that side of things. I think, even from the few injuries, I think very is mine weren't I would say little niggles. I've been probably unlucky, I've done my left knee twice, my right knee once, my ankle about three times. So, <laughs> the long term injuries just stack up now. Um, but it is the hardest thing trying to integrate back into a side after being out for six, seven months. A lot can change. And obviously, some players come and go in that time as well. And your group changes so much. It's it's just sort of just not the recovering physically, but also mentally for such a long time. Yeah, definitely. I mean, talk about the different standards and the you know
2: being looked after as well. <clears throat> I remember when I was at North and... This was when this was before I had my first operation. Um, I went and saw three different physios on about my knee, and every single one was saying, Oh, no, it's just tendonitis, you'll be okay, you need to do this, you need to do that. And I'm thinking, I've been seeing three physios now, and they were top, top physios as well. Um, there must be something going on. Anyway, so luckily the summer came and rested up, and I changed clubs. And I went to Simon Sester and I started pre-season with them. And I was doing really well, actually, because I think I had so many weeks off rested. I didn't really do much for pre-pre-season because I thought, oh, you know what? I'm just going to hit the ground running when I get there, um, just to give myself a break. And <clears throat> I remember we were um, playing Swindon and it was Paolo De Canio's first game in charge as manager. And uh, I pulled up in the warm-up and... Uh, I got back at change, put the shirt, trousers on. I was in the car, room and I was like, really, like, feeling bad. And um, he came over to me and he goes, What's well, up? You're not playing? And I said, No, I pulled up. You know, I've been struggling with my knee for ages. I just don't know what's going on. And he said to me, He goes, Leave it to me. So he brought the physio over, um, swinging town with this girl, and she was brilliant. Uh, Dunny, the physio at Simon at the time, came over with me. And um, he told her what we'd gone through, what we'd been doing. Um, And she said, right, we'll just get you an MRI scan straight away. So literally, that game was on a Saturday. On the Monday, they booked me in for an MRI scan in the Cobalt Clinic in Cheltenham. But if it wasn't for them, I'd have had to have probably waited six months, went on the NHS, which the NHS is great. I'm not saying anything against it, you know. but it was just because of who they were. That Tuesday, I was in straight away. It was amazing. And then I think it was a month later, I had my first operation. You know, it happened so quick, but it was only because we played Swindon and how they sorted out, really. That's yeah. the first
1: time you told me that story. <laughs> yeah.
2: that's
0: incredible. I don't, I don't think I've ever really told anyone that So, was it, um, or <clears throat> you were still trying to play with it, or?
2: So they didn't really know at the time. Uh, so that was my first. So all they did was there was cartilage loose. So they just obviously gave me keyhole surgery and removed a bit of cartilage, which is great. You know, it's fine. A couple of months later, you're black in it But then I was um, playing a match. And do you remember when Michael Owen was playing England, and he got the ball on the halfway line? He went to turn, didn't he? And his knee just stayed in the same place. And his, his body went, but his knee stayed. I did that. The ball comes on the halfway line. I went to turn and my whole body went. My knee stayed and I just collapsed on the floor and it almost felt like my kneecap popped out but come back in again it, it like dislocated but came back in really weird um and I remember then even everyone was saying oh did you hear like a popping noise and I'm thinking no I didn't they're going oh that's fine your AC was knocked on then you'll be fine and I'm thinking I'm really not fine like my knees the size of a balloon <laughs> 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 <Something's> going on <laughs> and, um, Back to the level of uh, fascism and physios and such, you know. But um, anyway, um, yeah. So back again at the hospital, another MRI, same thing again. Oh, it's just more cartilage. So they literally took out all the cartilage now, pretty much they can. Um, that was my second op, and then uh, yeah, eventually I had my third op, and that was my last and sorted it out really. But yeah, just a nightmare because. That first stop as well when I was at Siren, obviously that was pre season. So you can imagine, I've just signed for them. Um, I remember in the Wilts and Gloss paper, they were saying, Oh, you know, summer signing, in Reardon, and you know, big hopes from this season because you know, Hughie obviously liked me and said a bit about me in the paper. So there was all that playing on my mind. I'm thinking, great, right, I've just turned up at a new club I'm injured, and then I'm not training with any of the lads. I don't really know half the group. Um, the only time i'm getting to know them over dinner or my coach i went and watched them play away or something you know um so it's a nightmare and then as time goes on you're working harder and harder and you're getting back into the team and then everyone's like right so i'm you've got to prove yourself now yeah, yeah it, it's horrible horrible feeling
1: you must think as well when, see, when you come come back from a bad injury there must be a thought in every footballer's mind. If I kick this wrong or I make this wrong movement, I'm back to square one again.
2: Oh, 100%. Yeah, it's... Obviously, you've got to be in a real physical good condition. But at the same time, mentally, you've got to be so strong because when that first tackle comes in, it's almost like you want to get whacked. So, you know, you can get back
0: up and go, actually, I'm all right. I think that's a thing for me with as well with my knee when I first come back you sort of dreaded that first challenge of coming in, is, is my knee going to go again and you sort of bottled it and I think that's the biggest thing is when everyone says it 50-50, you've got to go in 100% yeah. but when you've done that you don't want to because yeah. you're fear of that injury so yeah, the mental side of it it's the hardest part I think coming back for me
1: Yeah, definitely as we, we always got told when I, I was playing for Whitney Rugby, we always got told if you're going in for a tackle, if you don't go in full hundred one percent, you're you're the one getting hurt, not the other person. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Right, uh, on to the next one. Um, wow, actually, should I do these questions? Won't come in. Well, oh, here we go. <laughs> First one from Tom Radburn. Sure. <laughs> he said, "What? Uh, who's the best manager?" Who you've been under, except from him? <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: <clears throat> best manager. Well, GG always got the best out of me. He was um, he was brilliant, and every North side that I played in, we you know, we were all the fitest. We played great football. Um, yeah, I learned a lot from him. Um, When I played over in New Zealand, uh, there was a manager called Malcolm McIntosh. He was incredible. Like, attention to detail was amazing. Um, I'll probably say Malcolm, to be honest. Yeah. He was was brilliant. Yeah, really, really good. Um, It was a bit different setup over there. So, you know, every training session was recorded. There was iPads. You know, you you couldn't hide from anything. So if you had a fault, he would show
1: you. And it was, yeah, it was fantastic. I loved it. Um yeah, definitely. I'd say Malcolm. The thing is obviously you said about Gigi, you got the best out of you. At that kind of that age, I think for Northlea, it was all kind of local as well. Mm. So everyone could, kind of knew each other anyway. So it made probably better chemistry on the pitch as well.
2: Yeah, definitely. The social side of things was great. Um, the camaraderie, we you know, we were together, it was, yeah, it's fantastic. Um I think that's kind of missing in football a bit nowadays. Um, when I eventually came back to Northleigh, uh, many years after that, the sense of togetherness had gone, you know. Um, there was no team spirit on the coach. There was going away places. There was no team spirit after the game in the clubhouse. Um, so, yeah, I, I think you're right
0: there, I think as well, if you look at it from the professional aspect is like you said, it's not massive in sports. I think you look back years ago, it was always that team was strong. And I think to me, I think the closest thing we've seen that recently is obviously Liverpool. I think you guys over the last few years, you've literally brought that team spirit that everyone plays for each other on the pitch. You can see it. Um, and I think that is a thing you've missed this year. Um, as to why I, you, I know injuries, I think we spoke about it enough have hit you a lot. But that I'd say... To die for each other hasn't been there as much this season. It must be kind of wow, disheartening.
1: You look at you look at the players that have been lost, and you go on to uh, play a big team, or even obviously this season, the lower that mentality of even well, wow, Hendo's been brilliant for it, but he's kept them awake. But it just seems a bit sluggish this year. No one. Oh, if he ain't going to get the ball, I can't be bothered. And wow, well, you look at, look at last week with
0: Kabak and Allison come out come out like a kamikaze. I think that's also I think aspect of it's a new player. He doesn't know the players completely. He doesn't know what Allison's tendencies are. I think that's an aspect of the, the team that isn't fully there yet. But uh, the Kabak
1: had uh, all the space in the world to.
0: Bring that ball down, Allison. just come flying out. I I know. And that is, I think it's one of them, but that, that's my point. There, I don't see many teams are like that anymore. It's very an individual type of thing now. Each club has an individual who they see as a key player. Yeah. For uh, myself at Arsenal, for years it's been a pain in the ass now. We're always looking at one or two players and we see an individual, but With our youth coming through, I think we're starting to finally get some of that characteristic, and I think Arteta is very key to bringing that through, is that it's not about the likes of Lacazette or Aubameyang always playing. He's putting the team first now. I think Arteta was a very, very strong character when he was a captain, wasn't he? And I think, yeah, and I think with Arteta as well, is that a lot of the City lads as well have always come out and said he was very very vocal for them. He was a key player and trying to motivate them. I think Raheem Sterling was one of the big ones that said he would not have changed the game the way he has and upped his game without Arteta as his coach. But then who did he have at Barca then? Who? No, he
1: come from Bayern, wasn't it? Who, Arteta? I'm I'm thinking
0: Guardiola now for some reason. No, Um, Arteta was obviously at Everton for a while, um, which would have been Moisey, would have been his manager. Obviously, Arsene Wenger... Was uh, with him for Arsenal for a long time, and I think he's had a very good relationship with Hinger. Um And obviously, then he went under Guardiola. So he's he's arguably two of the best managers of all time. He's had under his guidance.
1: It's like even um, I can't remember what his name now. Uh, Klopp's assistant that left. Oh. He was supposed to brains behind it, wasn't he? And he's the assistant, which you'd never think.
0: <laughs> exactly. But it's sort of like what Ben said there is one of your favourite managers is one who got the best out of you personally. And I think that's a good thing is that managers, some players don't work under other managers. I think a few players you've seen with Mourinho, they've always said they have played well under him. Some haven't. I think just some managers know how to get the best out of certain players in certain situations.
2: Yeah, you can certainly tell that with Raheem Sterling over the last few years under Pep. Yeah, you know, I think I think he was a fantastic player in in Liverpool, but he's matured so much, and his understanding of the game is just amazing now under Pep. He
0: couldn't shoot at Liverpool though. (laughs) Awful. It's just that coaching and that I think that aspect is Guardiola recognised that was the area he needed to work on. He's worked on it and he, I think it's just his overall reading of the game. At Liverpool, you had an incomplete player that had all the potential there. Um, and I think it's a very similar situation to Rashford at the moment in that uh, Solskjaer they're saying he's not coaching him in the best way. Um, that I think Rashford's got all the potential in the world to be one of the best forwards, but he's not getting the right coaching he needs. And it's
1: one of those things, is it? Because he's keeps playing in different positions. Well, you never know what position he's going to be in, which doesn't help at all. If like that's like being a winger one week and then a striker, your runs are going to be completely different than what you're doing.
2: I think with Rashford is yeah there is a there is a um, an element of that but I think with Cavani up front which can allow him to run in behind you will see the best out of him. But with Martial, they tend to kind of want to make the same runs. Hmm. And when teams play very deep and Rashford can't get in behind, it's almost like he's stuck with what to do next. He doesn't, I don't know. It's almost like Sterling would have been a few years back under Pep and then it's all changed. And I do think you're right.
0: I think Rashford does need that. He needs to mature. He needs to understand the game differently. I think, no doubt, for what Solskjaer has done in his time, obviously, Solsha is one of the best finishers in the game, no denying that when he did it. He has helped Rashford in that sense, but I think he needs a manager like Guardiola who knows the game inside out and how to read a game to sort of allow him to improve on, like you said, those runs. Because it's very, I think, obviously, I was a forward player myself as well. I don't know about you, Ben.
1: Yeah.
0: Sorry. So, <laughs> I just want to remember, like you said, if you don't have your plan A on that game, you need to adjust and find a different way to get in it. Like you said, Rashford at the moment seems to be a very one-dimensional player. That if people clock onto it, you can take him out of the game so quickly. Yeah, definitely.
1: All right, second question. <laughs> this one's a bit of a silly one. Coming from William Frost, so you can't expect much from that one, Ben. Mm. <laughs> Fucking <all> frosty. <laughs> Ed, when lockdown is over, can you bring your dad to the woodman? Hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. Yeah, I'll bring my uncle as well. <laughs> and the other one was from Lee Mosley, and yeah. it all was, was why is why has he got a plastic body?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: why have I got a plastic
2: body? <laughs> Ooh, the body's alright, I think it's just my Yeah. <laughs>
1: that's it end of the day Ben all you've got to say to him is high league
0: (laughs) 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 you got anything Charlie? Um, I'm trying to think of things in conversation I think it's flowing very well talking about things who do you support Ben? let's try and work. United United United. okay yeah Yeah. Yeah. so it's good to see that you can be uh, I'll say a bit like how I am with Arsenal as well. I'm happy to criticise in certain aspects of it. So, realistically, where do you think you'll finish this season? Do you know what? I was having this conversation today, actually, and I
2: think Man United have got a really tough running now. Um, they've got Man City away. They've got Chelsea away. And they've got Tottenham away. Now, I know the away factor doesn't really play a massive part this season, but still plays a bit of a part. Yeah. And I don't know. I just... My heart's telling me we'll get the top four, but my head's saying I think we'll just slip out of it. I think Liverpool, Leicester, Ooh. Chelsea, I think are going to creep in there. I think they really will because I think two shells coming at the right time because with a new manager, you're always going to want to play well, and they always get the best out of five, six, seven six, seven games, don't they? And this is the crucial period where you need to push on, and I think if they do that they'll get in the top four because I can see Man United slipping up and
0: I don't think they'll go out of it again. just think it might come fair. Yeah. It's a hard one to say because I've been impressed with you guys this season, to be fair. Um, I I, I wouldn't have said I had high hopes for you straight away this season, but I think a lot of it has come down to a player we've spoke about a lot on this. (laughs) But really, from the United standpoint, how key is he to your side, do you think?
2: Uh, he has been massive, yeah. Um, it definitely shows that when he's not playing well, United haven't really played well. Um, he is the catalyst. He does make a stick. But then saying that, Rashford can be your match winner.
0: Yeah.
2: You know. Um, so, yeah,
0: Fernandez has been superb, but we really need to build around him. Can't rely on him too much. No, I think that's the thing, is you're going to become very reliant on I mean, him. It's going to be a dangerous situation. Is you can become over-reliant. Um, who would you say has been your most underrated player this season who doesn't get the line mark? Because I think I've got one in my head. That I think... oh, well, no, that one is.
2: <laughs> sure, I'm probably going to be a bit controversial there, and I know a lot of fun but I would say Fred. Um, the, re- the reason being is because he allows McTominay and Bruno so much time on the ball. Like, he breaks everything. Up. Like, his pass and his distribution isn't always the best. He's working on that. And Carrick's come out and said, you know, he's putting extra um, sessions with him. And you can see that he is progressing. But his tempo and work rate and
0: some of the big games that has actually pulled off on has been amazing. So I'll definitely say Fred. Fred's one of them, I think, oh, I think I remember, it, it might have been Neville or something a few years ago, when, what does he actually do?
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 a, a, yeah. it's a successful
0: past today for ages. <laughs> right. But no, I can see what you're saying. He's, he has improved a lot. I think he is starting to get some recognition. But for me, I think you mentioned him. Scott McTominay this year. His game has literally stepped up to another level. I was never really... I think he was a player I think reminds me of Declan Rice. Never been convinced by Declan Rice. I'm not sure what he does. And that was what similar to Scott. But now this season, see, I see him more as, like you said, with Fernandez. that box-to-box man. He's been phenomenal for you this year.
2: But I think I think he has had his better games when Fred's been next to him. If you look at when Pogba's was dropped in and he's next to McTominay, McTominay looks awful. Now, I don't know whether that's because Pogba's was not disciplined enough and he's having to do more of the work and he's you know he's getting pulled from pillar to post almost. But I think with the stability of Fred in there, it will allow McTominay to go box to
0: box and shine. Yeah, no, I think that's what I'm saying. And obviously, you mentioned, I think the player you have to ask about United is Paul Pogba. Would you let him go in the summer, or would you be able to keep him? Personally, I would let him go. Um, I would let him go because
2: I just think his best performances have been when he's played out wide, like a diamond. But I don't think that's our best formation moving forward. I don't think that's going to win you a title against the likes of Man City and Liverpool when they're on form. Um, I think you're going to be exposed. So I think he's going to have to go, um, and to be honest with you, he's probably only looked convincing a handful of games, really, in my opinion.
0: Is that it's enough? It's not enough. No, I think it's similar to us. Is with this season with Abamyan, um, obviously a lot of pressure as he signed a massive contract in the summer, all this hype, and I think his only good game I'd say this season was the one. This weekend, hat trick. That's his only first hat trick he's scored in the Premier League. I couldn't actually quite believe that. Yeah, uh, I was quite. Well, I was quite confused when they said that. Yeah, that, that shocked me because I thought he must have had one or two by now. But I think it sort of goes to show is that's how reliant we've been on a player that's meant to be our strike force and been our best player since Henri, etc. He's only scored one Premier League hat trick now. He hasn't kicked one this season from last, has he? I think the problem for us of that is he's, he got what he wanted, effectively. He got that one big paycheck, the contract. Not disrespectful, but he had the chance of going to Barcelona. That was on the table in the summer. Um, That was his chance. If he wanted to go play for a big side, one of the top sides, he could have gone. Um, but I think we cashed out. We paid in what he wanted, where he could become a club legend. I think he will for us, but he's just not got that same motivation that he had did last year at all is that because of the team around him or um it might be a mixture of that i'm not i don't know if he's 100% convinced in arteta i don't know um there's a lot of talk recently that arteta is not convinced by lacazette uh, there's a lot of things that are saying that's why he's not getting the like minutes but it's hard to say because he's our top scorer in the league this year. He's had a lot of games. I think Arteta's just very keen on rotation, which is something we've not really been doing a lot. We always played the same 11 every week. Whereas I think he's sort of doing the Guardiola way where you can't predict a city side after time. For fantasy football, it's a pain in the ass because he dropped Sterling once every freaking two games. Like I think that's the way Arteta he's learned of him. Uh, Guardiola knows how to do it.
1: It's like one of those things, like um, with uh, a Bobby, with uh, what he's done in the last couple of years. Now, I think everyone, as a Liverpool fan, have overlooked of what he's done done this year, which hasn't been much. But it's like last week he had that uh, that flick on for Salah, which was brilliant. But uh, yeah. keep having have one brilliant game in five, and the rest you're not doing anything. I know he does a lot of things without the ball or he's dependent on that, but surely your front three, you want all three scoring goals. Hmm. So it's one of those
0: things,
1: isn't
0: it? I think it's hard because, like you're saying, you want your front three scoring goals. You've been so used to Mane and Salah bagging 20, 25 plus. The only club I think really can do that is City, You have that. Other thing, I think United do have the potential with Rashford, Martial, Cavani, them types to all get their numbers, but it's it's become a luxury. There's not many clubs I can say in the world. Obviously, buy Munich show it best with Lewandowski bagging forty plus. There's not many sides that can do that. There's one person you just said then,
1: which I don't think he should be there anymore. Cut, I just don't don't get why he's there. That Martial for Man United. Don't don't rate him at all. He can go on the same plane with Pogba.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he's been there a long time. People forget that. How long has he been there? A- year? Five Maybe years? More than that, I'd say now, isn't he?
0: You reckon? Yeah, say I reckon
2: he's been there But I reckon he has been more than five years, which, to me, to has been a long time. Um, and... He hasn't really lived up to his full potential, has he? Let's be honest. Um, no, exactly. I, think,
0: I think you need to look for other people in that area now. He's not a number nine. Wasn't it in He's his contract? He's not to take Rashford's place, is he? No, and if it wasn't in his contract that he had so many add ons that if he won the Ballon d'Or and stuff like this, there was that much <laughs> height. a away from it, didn't he? <laughs>
1: <laughs> 54 million, he, with add ons?
0: I think uh... it was. Hard. 50 yeah, something like that. Yeah, I think he was the most expensive teenager in the world at the time when he went to Uruguay. Yeah, I think he was. And then Mbappe turned up.
1: <laughs> um, I think with uh Pogba, I think Juventus might go in for him again if they are Man United. I look if they ship him out, and with his age, I reckon you might get clo- oh, nearly close out nearly close—to what you have actually paid for him.
2: Depends if they let a few go, doesn't it? Really? I think, you know, they haven't they haven't spent a lot, but I'd imagine their wage bills well, are quite high in Venice. You know, you look at some of the names that are there. So 80 yeah, 80 million back for him. Yeah.
0: Has his form warranted that though? That's a lot. Oh. No. I, I, I think in this current climate as well, I don't think anyone's gonna pay that. And I think that could be oh. one of the reasons why he hasn't left. I think for me, like going by value, is like Jason Sancho last summer. Clubs are 120 million for him. Obviously, he's had a bit of a crap start to the season, he's kicking on a bit now. But I've seen us talk to him going for 50, 40 million in the summer. That's the space of losing 60, 70 million in value in six, seven months. He's not exactly as to blame for it. It's the whole team.
1: They've been, uh, even their, uh, their position looks all right, yeah. but. <laughs> what I've seen of them in games they've been awful even they could be dominating the game and then they go and lose 2-0 to a bottom <laughs> bottom
0: able team but they they had this same thing a few years ago obviously with Klopp when they won I think one or two titles and then they were really struggling Dortmund I think one of them clubs they're like a feeder team now and I think this is the big thing is after they have been brought up with the Bundesliga was obviously Utmerkanu who's now moved to Bayern Munich in the summer yeah Lies pick team, that it's like I can see why people call it a farmers league offensively because you've got lines pick, arguably the second, third best team. It's like City selling Aguero to you.
1: Yeah, so many years you look at the players they've taken from Dortmund, well, especially Dortmund, um, to go to Munich. It's unbelievable. Yeah, but they're
2: all for good prices as well, aren't they? They don't spend
0: at all by Munich or do their business. That was 37 million. That is an absolute steal of the signing of it. Yeah, it is. Because they'll let Oliver go now, won't they? He I think he's going to Madrid for a free. Yeah. And I think getting a replacement like Ut for 37 million, does clubs were good willing to pay 60, 70 million for him. It's there must have been something in it
1: because they were, uh, Leipzig weren't, weren't planning to even do any talks until summer and they knew we was going yeah. but it wasn't summer so someone's obviously, they must have got uh, one of the Bielsa's staff room and gone over
0: the fence yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay so a question for you Ben for United, obviously say you have a good window, you let Martial go you let Pogba go, you could bring two in replacements who would you bring in? let Pogba and let Martial go. Well, I
2: think the number one ideal scenario for Man United would be to get Haaland in. 100%. Um, Cavani's great and he's made such a massive impact but he's not the future is he? And If you can get someone that's going a better that position you're going to take it and I think Haaland at the minute is the only player in the world that I think if he's available you've got to go for him. You know you look at that position that that number nine position, there isn't many world class number nines
0: out there at the minute, is there? No. I think no. I said, he's, I think I said before, he reminds me a lot of Zlatan. He's got that attitude about him. And I think for you guys, he sort of fits your club, like stature. He could play for, United are still one of the biggest teams in the world. He could buy you to titles a, yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and I think, I think if
2: we let Pogba go, um, I'd probably get a wide player. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, um, I mean, we've got Bruno in the hole. You've got Fred and, Tom and A. You've got Garner that can come back. Matic is still there. Whether he'll stay or go, I don't know. Um, so I think the midfield's covered. Probably say someone like Sancho, but you're never going to get Haaland and Sancho, are you, together? So that's a real tough question, actually.
0: Mm.
2: Well, I think. Hasn't Haaland
0: got a release clause this summer? Yeah, yes. yeah, he, he has. has. That would be the only way you'd have to activate that, and God knows how much that it, it. The reports are true of about fifty million. I think that's an absolute steal for a player like Jaden. Um, but I think you're going to be talking closer to hundred for a player like him. I, I think if he if he was to, if he was going to go in the front I think he'd go to Chelsea, you know? I've seen, I've seen a lot of these reports as well. They've I always. Tammy Abraham,
2: no, no disrespect. He's not really cutting it, is he? Um, Giroud, every time he plays, he scores. But he hasn't got age on his side. And for some reason,
0: shallow and Lampard just didn't like him. They didn't play him. No. Giroud so I think is the fit. Giroud a player that I always have a love for. Uh, even at Arsenal, he was one of the... Like, he's, similar situation. If you gave him to a club, I think like Villa or something, where he could start every game, He'll be back in 20, 25 goals in the Premier League every year. He's just that target man poetry. knows where the goal is. Um, and obviously, I think there's been enough said about Werner every freaking week. Um, and I think I think Tuchel will get the best out of him. Um, well, I'm already, not, straight away, he's playing two up top, isn't he? Yeah. And that suits Werner. Yeah. Um, but no, I think... It, the other aspect is, do you think Sancho could do well in the Premier League? Because obviously I know the Bundesliga is a lot quicker. It's more about those silky players who do but the Premier League, I think, subbed up for me the other night was Soviet Saka against Leeds, that Alioski literally tried to put him on the floor every two minutes. Uh, that is what the Premier League's about, though. So I don't know how Sancho would fare in that side of things. He's he's got good fit as
1: the uh, the physical side of events is really isn't it? Um, I don't know. Is his pace is all right? I wouldn't say he's absolutely blistering, but I'm sure he's 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 obviously at that high standard. He's playing Champions League and that. He he, he should be all right, all the all. But if Ben was saying about wide players, I don't know if if Barcelona would ever let him go. That Ansu Fati.
0: He's not going anywhere. He is, <laughs> he is a replacement for Messi. That kid, yeah. Barça. Yeah, he's through and through. He's he's another player that it could be like an next Mbappe. From what I've seen of him, he is unbelievable. I think with the right guidance, but you never know because Barcelona club, are a club in a lot of trouble at the moment um, yeah. financially. I think they're a billion in debt. Uh, obviously, Messi's contract being leaked didn't help the other day, where he's on six hundred million a year. Um, what? Did you not know that? No, six hundred million a year he ends. Hey He loves Barca, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was, but I think it was the Bayern Munich uh, CEO. He does make me laugh. If you've not seen, so he just comedy. He was literally like, "Congratulations!" to so he says because there's rumours they want him. He went, "We could never afford him." Not on that way, he's like he's literally making a rinse at that Barca. That's unbelievable. <laughs> um, he's
2: definitely
0: he, not going to PSG now. Yeah. No. No. I think wait, where's he gonna go after Barca? America? Maybe I'm, City. He won't go City now. I think if he was gonna go, it would have been this summer, like just gone
2: couple
0: of years in America then go back to Argentina. He's always said he wants to retire at uh old boys. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I think America could be an option, but I don't know, I think it's one of them but it we'll say with Messi and Ronaldo. I still think Messi's got three, four years left at the top. It'd be a shame to see him go to America already. Uh, I think he's protected in uh, Spain. He needs to stay there. Yeah. And I think... As much as he says all this stuff, his relationship's are deteriorating with Barcelona. I don't think it's deteriorating that much. I just think he's a bit ashamed of the situation with the club because they are a club in dismay. The chairman and all that side of things is getting involved. It's too political. Um, and they're just not performing on the pitch. It's, it's one of them that I think he just, I think he feels the pressure a lot because obviously he is arguably said the best player ever and not even he can sort of save the situation.
1: Think he's been relied on too much to be honest. you he, say if they're losing 1-0 and they're always looking to Messi to get that goal? It's not like it's going to be another player that's going to get it, it's always their eyes are on him every time. Hmm.
0: Yeah, but you look at the players that have left over the years and they haven't replaced them, have they? But no, I think the trouble lies. I think the problem is, how could you ever replace them though? The likes of Chavi and Iniesta are once-in-a-generation players, Echo, uh, David Villa. They're all. They had their golden age, and I think that's the problem. Is they they loved that up, and I think they were like Bayern Munich. And I know have obviously done it six trophies in one year. They're once in a generation things that happen for clubs. You you can't maintain that success for five six years. It's, it's impossible. I think- ma- if say if you you've got like
1: a, a twenty seven year old in your team, and you look in that that kind of period. That's a massive difference in what quality of a player you still got at that
0: age. Like it's obviously for like you guys, everyone said that you would go on and dominate the Premier League for the next three, four years. No doubt, I think you'll still be up there, but even this season has shown you were the best side in the world arguably last year. And you got the team this year. It's not the yeah,
1: well, team was right, wasn't he? He was not he? The worst champions ever. <laughs> <laughs> Did you Uh, I saw on Facebook today from one of your own Rio was saying if uh if Man United and Man City were in this situation, what Liverpool are in, we'd be lucky to see them 10th. And that's Rio coming out with that. End of the day, is they've they've done all right for the it's frustrating, but. There's only so much I can be annoyed about with them, for what they've done and the injuries they got. It's it's not it's it's going to be hard. It's like Ben going to go to play for North Lee A on on the week, and six of your best players are gone. That's it.
2: I mean, don't take this wrong way. You were the best club in the world by far last year, um, but you did get very lucky. You didn't have any injuries, whereas this year. You know, you've had probably too many injuries, but is that because of the result of last season? Because every single player worked their nuts off. You look at those that are playing like Firmino, right? Salah and Mane scored all the goals, but Firmino, his defending from the front, he's just unbelievable last year. You know, he was out of this world. He looks knackered this year.
1: I did say to Charlie a couple of weeks ago, it didn't help as well. Where we had most of our bench, even last year, was youth, and what wasn't rotating that much with the youth. Oh, he was doing it. but literally our f- first eleven were playing every single game. You're going to be knackered, aren't you? And over the summer, it ain't really out as it with COVID, it's not the same of going back on the training pitch. Oh, they were filming every day at home on their bikes or
0: they're doing yoga. It's completely different. I think a worry as well is you're not going to get much of a break this summer either, because obviously we got the Euros, which was meant to happen last summer, now having to take place this summer. It's potentially players are going to be playing three years worth of football without a break potentially, um, and it's crazy to see that. So sort of I think next year is going to be even worse on the injury front for a lot of clubs. I think with uh, well the year well, end
1: of the season, I think. Klopp. they're going to want Klopp to kind of put us all into it again. they have to going to have to start spending big again.
2: He wouldn't be given the money, though, not unless he sells. I presume Genie
1: would probably be going. Um, You're not going to get big money from him, are you? No, he'd be, he'd be going for free running, free transfer. But whenever we'll probably sell our best player, Origi. He'll probably go for about 100
0: mil. I think more than anything, would you to sell, to sort of build again, you're eventually you're gonna have to look at letting Salah or Marne go. Yeah, probably two. Who
1: would you want to go first?
2: What was that? Which one would you want to go first, Salah or Marne?
1: It's it's a hard one though, for like the the last three years, it's like it was all about Salah, and then I think it's kind of turned. It's all a bit about Marne. and now it's coming to a, like a where well, we haven't been playing that like, right? great. It's coming to a, like a level head, so it's, it's pretty hard to. I don't know. It's it with Mane, he doesn't take penalties, but it's done out. But I've seen Salah recently, and his Egg look like he's gone. He doesn't want to attack anyone, doesn't want to go at any defenders. But Mane always there, willing, looking straight away to get past that, player, that defender. Mm. But I've, um, yeah. <laughs> Salah, gone. Yeah. And then, I think we've had our money's worth of <laughs> what we paid for him and what we've got out of him. True.
2: He's been exceptional.
0: Hmm. Okay, I'll throw one last thing in there. So, obviously, we're recording this on the Tuesday. The Champions League is back as of tonight. Um, so, score prediction, Warren. Lies Pick versus Liverpool, what's going to happen? I did see that Liverpool favourites.
1: <laughs> but they're favourites tonight. Um, I answered the team lineup, and obviously, I expect I it would only just come up one hour.
0: Line up so you have Alison in goal, Kabak, Robbo, Arnold, and Hendo at the back, Jeannie, Tiago, and Curtis Jones in the middle, with Salah, Bobby, and Marley.
1: I don't know, um, Leipzig as well at the moment, obviously, where they've left, they have to add a brilliant team. I have uh, that Paulson seems to like before I, when Werner was there, mm. more of a tackle. Attacking midfielder. I don't know. It's, uh, I think it could be a boring one. Maybe Liverpool.
2: like a. Ben, um, what do you think? I think Liverpool will be too strong. I think
0: they want to bounce. Um. Yeah, I'm confident that Liverpool will win tonight. I think the same. Do, I think Leicester 1 is a very underrated side. I think what they've done to Spurs I think last year there's no doubt German force behind them they're a force to be reckoned with but like I said I think there'll be too much in there uh, what... <laughs> and Who do you think will win the Champions League this year? I think it's Cities to lose yeah. I
1: really
0: do They're doing, I reckon. City, I still think Bayern Munich have got me in a shower of it. Um, they still look unbelievable again this year. Um, I think how you guys were the top side in the world last year, obviously, them storming to the Champions League in the end, uh, taking Bayern apart eight to as well. I think even like Lewandowski, Lewandowski, the last few years has hit a different level in his game. Um, and I think he'll fire him. I think Hope, I think, to another Champions League if he's not greedy and they supply him the balls to do it I think it's they've got so many players around them they, they work as a team I think obviously you've got Alfonso, the youth side of it Goretzka is bulked up into an absolute animal um, obviously Sane doesn't really get a shoe and I think that's one of the interesting ones is Sane went there for a new start and he's just in the same situation was at City <laughs> yeah Um, but I think that sort of wraps up this episode. I think it's been quite a lot covered. Uh, it was a pleasure to have you on, Ben. Thank you very so much. much. No worries. I really enjoyed it. Good. Um, and obviously, Warren, it's a pleasure having you back on as usual. It's great to finally be able to sort of give you some stick at last because Liverpool probably just doing as bad as Arsenal. is brilliant. <laughs> I think we're only about six points off you now. It's good. My keep <laughs> wishing it can't be that far because you lost and we were not yeah I think it's about six we'll have a six-pointer in about four weeks <laughs> Arsenal just come up from nowhere uh, I'll run in for the next mm, six <laughs> hours. It's, a, it's a bumpy ride for the next four weeks as an Arsenal fan <laughs> um on the sideline Arsenal will soon <laughs> in about four weeks I won't ever wear an Arsenal shirt on the podcast again because we'd have lost about nine on the bounce it would be brilliant um, but uh, as again thank you all for watching as usual all hit up our socials they will all be below in the comments giveaways over on the Twitter page run by Warren every week he loves doing them um if you haven't seen it, check out his pack pulls. He's been getting on FIFA. He's been putting them up on the Twitter page as well, I've noticed now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you guys, thank you very much. Um, we'll see you next week.